Hi everyone, it's Matt and you're listening to the first episode of the 202020 series where I interview 20 world leaders and game changers in the year 2020 and share them with you here on the Greatness Everyday Podcast. A new episode is released every Monday beginning now, so be sure to listen to the rest of the series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and more. Our guest today is TJ Loeffler, an American speaker, coach, and advisor who will help you get more out of life by doing less than you think. TJ, I'm ready to get started and I appreciate you being here. Can you tell the audience listening a little bit about kind of who you are and what you do? Yeah, Matt, first of all, thanks for, for having me. And I love even just hearing the couple of snippets that you, that you pulled and and used to describe uh, a lot about what we do. You know, it's so funny um, that you say, get more out of life by doing less than you think. That is the title of the, of the it's like the subtitle of the book, Back to Basics, that I've been working on and, and will be released soon. It's, I love that um, subtitle, by the way. Like that's such a good one line right there. And it, and it interests me, it intrigues me so much. Good, man. Yeah, I really, I, I mean, you know, I think it speaks to, um, I think it speaks to a lot of what I've learned in my own transformation, in my own journey. And that's probably a good starting point to answer your question. So my name is TJ and, uh, and I was born and raised in Virginia, lived in Manhattan six and a half years before moving to Southern California, where I've been for the last year or so. Um, I do a number of things in my life. Um, but one of them is I founded after working on Wall Street at Goldman Sachs for a handful of years, had this spiritual awakening and really this confronting type of moment where I had to look at myself in the mirror and say, is this really the direction that you want to head with your life? And it was not so much about the job. It was actually about my, my internal environment, not so much my external environment. And, and so in that journey, it led me to a number of things. One of them is uh, starting different business ideas, but the others led, led me to really to being broke, uh, losing over six digits in savings um, at the same time that I was professionally just confused about where I was going next and my dad got diagnosed with stage four cancer. All of that in 2016, a year after I left Goldman. And I'm just jumping in very quickly to how we got here, which is, um, you know, I had this vision from God. I really felt like there was a, there was a moment, there were a few God moments and it led me to this business that I'm doing now, which is we have a team of coaches, a small team of coaches. We do life coaching. We have other coaches that come in and support for holistic big picture, whether it's registered dietitians or personal trainers. And we really help people do three things, heal, change, and grow, heal, change, and grow. And so for me, uh, that has been my journey. That's been my story. And that's, um, that's what I'm doing today. Awesome. Great. Thank you for sharing. And uh, part of your journey, I guess you document it quite a bit through Instagram. That's how we connected. Um, yep. Instagram is a great tool for that. And we connected kind of at the end of your time or maybe right before you left New York and you've kind of migrated across the country. Um, in particular, I guess a lot of people can relate to your story in terms of they, they've built their career up, they've built their life up, and then they got to a certain point where um, maybe they're just not happy or maybe they're not fulfilled or whatever that is for somebody listening or yourself. Um, and you said you had a God moment. You had a, there's a couple key defining moments in your life. What ultimately were some of the tools that led to you overcoming that transformation? Because 
Uh, I think that a lot of people listening to this want to do something different or they want and have a bigger goal, but they often don't get there, whether it's a mindset thing, whether it's uh, um, just the following through and the commitment thing. Uh, what was it for you that was that key to overcoming that transformation? Yeah. So the first thing, great question. I, I think um, to just to first maybe outline like what is the transformation, right? And it, mm. for me, it was, it was, I'll never forget it in my apartment in New York there was a time and season in my life when I was transitioning out of college, starting to work. And I remember characterizing that season as surviving. And that's from a perspective standpoint, man, you're doing, you're doing great. You're moving to New York. You're a young guy making a bunch of money and you're, you don't have any quote responsibility. You're doing way better than surviving, but here's the reality. Okay. The quality of our lives is dictated by really the quality of our state. And my state internally was that it was that of surviving. And that is really, there's so much to say about that because you don't have to be in a, uh, in a physical environment that is abusive for you to actually feel some of the same things that somebody who would be in that environment feels. In other words, emotional abuse is real right? In other words, like the mental health aspect and that and the spiritual health aspect, those things are real. And so I think for a lot of people, the first step is recognizing that and acknowledging, validating that the, the struggle, whatever your struggle is, is real and not just shoving it under the rug and saying, yeah, I can just push on because what happened is I had this sign that I wrote characterizing my life and I used to like tap this sign just as a reminder. It was just on a piece of paper and it taped it to the top of the kitchen, right? As I would walk out and I, I put it there and I remember the next year I crossed out surviving and then I wrote striving. And Absolutely. I felt like that is what was the next phase of my journey. It was okay. I'm really, here's the reality though. I had been striving so much in my life that that's what led me to this mode of surviving. I finally got back to the point where I felt like I had some level of control. And then I was like, but I'm not thriving. There's something missing. And so in the process, to answer your question about practical tools, I think one, it, the process of transformation is what we call it. It's funny you use that word. Process of transformation is awareness, then acceptance, then action, then accountability. Now, accountability, another word for that we say is community. But awareness is the first piece. And so that's the first starting point for people is becoming aware of your own depravities, I call it, right? Whether that's mental, whether that's spiritual, emotional, or even physical, because your body will keep the score. Your body will show you all the other aspects of your life that are not in, in balance, that are not in balance is a misnomer word, but they're not being managed well. And so for me, as I was able to finally look in the mirror, and here's the key, right? I had that moment many of these moments, but the, the big one was I was at Goldman in the bathroom washing my hands. I looked in the mirror and I saw how pale my face was. I saw how skinny my neck was. And I grew up an athlete and I grew I didn't have the best diet and all that, but I, 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 you know, had muscle and I had just atrophied and I just watched myself behaviors and all these things started to, to happen that I started to develop bad habits. I started to all these things. And I was like, this is not me. I looked in the mirror and I said, how can you, I said this out loud, how can you respect yourself if you can't respect anyone else? I'm sorry. What I said, I have that backwards. Now I'm thinking about it. How can you respect yourself if, if, if you can't, how can you respect anyone else if you can't respect yourself, right? 
How can you respect anyone else if you can't respect yourself? And even just looking at that, you know, and I'm like, I have that vision in my, in my mind. It's imprinted. That moment, everybody needs that moment. Here's where I'll kind of like wrap that thought up, which is with this. I believe, you know, practically you have to take care of yourself. That's why I wrote six core pillars to, to, to practical health in that book, Back to Basics, because those are things that are going to help you. Yeah, we can talk about the practical. But the reality is, I really believe God leads you to those discoveries when you're hungry, when you're ready. And some of that is outside of your control. Yeah, for sure. I can speak to that as well, just with through my own experience, um, whether it's just kind of going through. For me, there was never any big moments like uh, things have been good. Things have life's been easy, right? You've been successful. You've been an athlete and all of those things. I can relate to those things as you're saying. Um, but for me, it just got to a point where I was just content and going through the motions. And then it was a couple events that led to, um, me making some big decisions in my life and just saying, Hey, I'm not going to accept this anymore. Um, that self-love piece that you talked about. Absolutely. That's been something that, uh, for me has really kind of been a focus of mine and really kind of rising up my game each and every day. Uh, which is what led me to starting what I do here at greatness every day. Cause that's never anything that I was bold enough to come out and say like, Hey, what does it mean to live a great life? Like, like in your emotions, in your health, in your money, in your relationships, all of those things. Um, I just, I guess took those things for granted because they were good in my life, but they weren't the best that they could possibly be. Um, one of the things that you talked about on a podcast, I listened to it and TJ has got a great podcast. He, he does it in seasons. He does season one and that was awesome. That was a few years ago and season two's come out and I've been listening to that. Um, one of the things you said, and it ties into your point is functioning doesn't equal healthy. And I can speak to that uh, as well in my life for a long time. Um, I've been racing triathlons. I've been super fit my whole life. Um, has really kind of built up to the moment. And I've shared this before, but I had raced three triathlons in a year, uh, half Ironmans, I guess. And I was training for six, seven years to really kind of get to the pinnacle that I could. And I did. I won my age group at a, a race that made me qualify for the world championships. And I got to represent my country, except I didn't because I uh, had a foot injury. It put me off for two years, but I had built my whole kind of everything that I had been doing to training for uh, half Ironmans and ultimately to full Ironmans, getting the chance to work at, at the goal that I've been working for, getting that chance and getting injured and being like, whoa, now what? And my whole identity wasn't tied up into that, but that was a, a passion of mine, something that I enjoyed doing, something I'd worked so hard and put a lot of money, time and energy into. Um, and since then, I've kind of been just functioning. I've kind of just been surviving. Um, this led to about a month ago saying like, as in the last, so I had two years off. I had two years kind of uh, trying to get back into things, strengthening my body uh, in the last two years. And I'm like, I'm ready. I'm done just functioning. I'm done just surviving. That Ironman that I always wanted to do, here's my registration fee. I sign up for it. I'm committed, right? Um, getting back to that stuff uh, that you really kind of, that leads you to thriving and not just the physical aspect. If I'm talking about training for something, there's so much that comes with that associated with that. Um, you seem to always be experimenting uh, on your mindset, health, everything. It's fun to watch you document that. 
through Instagram, even going to Italy and, and learning how to bake bread. Um, what are you currently experimenting with? I love that. If, if I can maybe before sharing that, um, it, it, I love hearing your story. I'm you know, just even learning a little bit more about you as you're sharing. And one thing that stands out is the idea of, uh, and I, I will we'll definitely answer that question. I just wanted to point out <laughs> something that's really stood out, which is, it's the idea of in really moving from surviving to, to striving to, to thriving, the real key difference between somebody striving and thriving is their motivation. Mm. What's the source of your motivation? And when you have a healthy motivation, because I never realized, I thought motivation was on off switch, but it's really there's, there's healthy and there's unhealthy and it's more like a light dimmer where it's a spectrum, right? Is it a really, cause it can be sunny and cloudy at the same time. And so it's not that our motivation is always sunny, always healthy, or always cloudy, always unhealthy. There's a lot of gray, mm-hmm. but our goal or what I've noticed, what I've seen as a starting point for people who are on that journey that you're describing, right? That you and I have both kind of experienced in our own ways and are experiencing, which I'll talk about the experiments, that that is really a great question is what's my motivation? What is my motive here? Like what is really driving me? Is it fear, insecurity, or is it genuine passion, joy, peace, purpose, right? And when that switch happens is really, I think, when we're able to thrive. But to answer your question, as a result of that switch happening in my life, okay, uh, experimenting. Yeah. Italy was amazing. There's a whole God story that's like woven through that, which is really cool how that happened. Um, and, and being in Italy for a month and I have Italian roots and there's this whole story that happened there. But, um, what has been really amazing is, and also I just want to mention too, like, this is about, this is about mindset because the things that we're talking about, for example, people might say, Oh, that's really great. You got to go to Italy. Like, I don't have the money for that. Or, Oh, I have to do this. Guys, like doing experimentation, doing these things, like doing what Matt's doing, doing like I, I didn't have the money to hire a personal trainer when I did. I didn't have the money to, to necessarily go to Italy when I did. Like it's, it's about kind of where you, you're going to value something. What are you going to value? And money is just one way that you express it. Right. And so people used to say New York is expensive. I lived, lived there six and a half years. I'm like, well, it's expensive. if You don't want to live here. But if you know what you're paying for, it's exactly the value you, you, that you're looking for, most likely. And for me, it was perspective. Anyway, so experimentation now, healthy motivation. I'm, I'm uh, currently on, a, I'm on day 12 of a meal, meal plan where I'm in a training regimen and meal plan program. That's, uh, it's not strictly keto, so I'm not in like full ketosis. The way that I understand ketosis is it's actually, it's not, you're in ketosis, out, not in ketosis. It's a, and that's a whole nother discussion. But anyway, so I'm on a high fat, high protein meal plan. And what I'm doing is I'm actually just trying to use this time to lean out a little bit and experiment with my body. Here's the thing. In the past, I wasn't able to hormonally, and I didn't realize this, my hormones were all out of balance, out, out of whack. And so I had to go through a years long process of trying to bring my hormones into balance because I was in what's called sympathetic tone for extended periods of time. So you're basically under distress, not duress. So stress can be good. It's bad if it becomes distress and you're chronically in that state and you're in fight or flight mode and you're mouth breathing all the time, shallow. And it's like, 
you know, your physiology changes and your hormone levels, adrenaline, cortisol, all go, they're supposed to move in a certain rhythm and then they go opposite. And so I had all this stuff going on, which a lot of people have, especially when you have death in the family, you have moving across the country, when you have all these things that contributes, right? And so that uh, now in a place where it's stable has allowed me to do more experimentation, like kind of you're describing, hey, I'm back to it. I'm now back to really enjoying here's the thing for the, maybe for the first time so i'm back to training and and trying to focus on my diet i didn't have that context growing up diet so i had to hire a lot of help for that but mm-hmm. i'm back to enjoying now here's the thing enjoying my life and i'm enjoying this process uh, the process by the way is not always fun as you know i'm sure training triathlons i can imagine is not always fun but you have to enjoy the outcome and the outcome for me, the goal for me uh, is really, I look in the mirror and I'm like, man, I am excited about what I'm seeing happen to my body. And that's been the last part of my transformation. The inside part is what happened first. Now I'm like, I'm excited for my outside, my physical body to match what the transformation that's been happening on the inside. Yeah. That transformation piece is definitely fulfilled. Like that the mindset has to be key in that. Absolutely. That's really where it begins. And in my story and in your story, um, I can speak to that as well. Like my story, once my mind changed, everything else started to change. How I, how Mm -hmm. I approach my, uh, just my mental, um, attitudes, how I approach, um, like you said, um, just how we use our money, right? New York's expensive perspective values, things like that. That's been a game changer for me. Uh, mindset is also something at the beginning of your podcast episodes, you tell people to basically remove anything they know about whatever topic you're going to be talking about. Uh, why is that important for people to do? Great question. And I'm just amazed at all the listening you've done to the podcast before this. So I'm, I'm very impressed. They're good. Uh, They're good. I'm telling you that. <laughs> I'm very, I'm like, very I, impressed. I think first season I binge listened to like all of them. It was like, boom. And then I, I connected with you and like, that's how I found you. And I just, I don't binge watch a lot of stuff. I don't even have a TV. So I guess podcasts are where I go, but first season was just like, boom, got them all done. Second season, like, Mm. let's go. (laughs) Mm. Love it. Yeah, no, it's encouraging too. the, the, uh, so I appreciate you sharing that. The, the reason that I mentioned, you know, removing ideas, preconceived notions is because we work in group settings. We also work in one-on-one settings. And in that, we do a lot of like deep transformation work. We've worked with, you know, 55 people in the last three years or so. And that's for, you know, quantity's sake, that's a smallish number, but we go really deep. We've been working with people for almost three years. And so in that process of working with people, we actually have these really powerful conversations where we uncover a lot that is beneath the surface. And so one example, practically, so in the second season of the podcast, it's about the four pillar system, which is really a practical way to approach change in your life, getting more out of life by doing less than you think, diet, sleep, exercise, reflection, uh, active rest, and connection. And, and so it's going to be you know, a really practical thing for people. But the problem is with those topics, diet and sleep and exercise, for example, a lot of people don't know about reflection or active rest and connection is a whole nother beast. But when it comes to diet, sleep, and exercise, it's like, hey, 
you know, ah, well, I'm, I'm talking, here's the thing, I'm talking with educated people, I'm talking with people who know something about something with regards to these topics, they're not starting from zero, and a lot of them are really self-sufficient, a lot of them are really self-sufficient, and so the problem with self-sufficiency, it's not bad, but, the, but like anything, in excess of the wrong way, it becomes bad, right, like think about money, in excess is greed, I think that was C.S. Lewis, and so the problem here is that if you have like real self-sufficiency at, at, at kind of keeping you from new belief, all right, like here's the example, I already know this, so why am I going to continue listening to this? Or even worse, I'm going to continue listening to this without an open mind, therefore I can't allow new thoughts, new ideas, curiosity to take place because I've already made conclusions about what this means for me. And so it's in the open mind that you're able to then allow, invite new ideas or even more powerful old things that have been sitting in your subconscious to come to your yeah. conscious state of your mind. And that's why. Yeah, that's like the connect the dots feeling, right? When you're, you're going through these experiences or whatever you have, learning these things that you're learning. And then over time, it's like, whoa you look back to something you learned or something that happened two, three years ago. And that's coming to the surface now because of you just being open and you just being uh, present really is the big thing there with the core pillars. Um, how do you help people, clients, listeners get really clear on what the core pillars are or how to in integrate them into their life? Yeah, it's a great question with the core pillar system. So even just, just like talking about the core pillar system, it's like, honestly, it's one of the last things I really want to talk about. And the reason I say that is because it's one of these things where it's like, it's necessary for the foundation to, to living a fulfilling life. I've realized like we talk about with clients, we talk about income, impact, and freedom, and the intersection of that being a really fulfilling life and where freedom comes from is a, is a big misnomer for a lot of people. But the idea is that you start and you're like, oh, I can make money and that equals success or whatever. And then you realize it doesn't. Then you're like, oh, I'm going to make an impact. So I'm going to go start a social media channel and join a nonprofit to start this. And now I have a fulfilling life. And then it's, wait a second, but I can't, I, if I can't help myself, well, then it doesn't really help me help anyone else. And so there's this freedom piece. It's like, what's inner freedom? And I had income impact and freedom. And then I started to realize, wait a second, but I still am sucking wind every morning and I don't have energy. And that's when I realized my health is a really practical thing. And it's the foundation to all those other things. So how we introduce it is just that. It's the foundation. And then in our private community, we even have, we have it in Slack. And if you don't know what Slack is, there's different threads. Okay, so, you know, if somebody's listening and they don't know what that is, different threads, think about it like different titles or topics for each different thread. And we have numbers and these core pillars numbered, one, two, three, four, five, six. And now we have a seventh, big surprise, haven't shared that, but we have a seventh. And, and we have these numbered and these are the first things that people see when they join the community. This is the first thing people see and we have active dialogue. We have registered dietitians giving their um, input, you know, in the diet channel, for example, and helping people understand more about their body and their health and their needs and, and, and practically like hormonally, what, you know, guess what, your willpower will not win against your hormones. So we introduce it as a really just foundational piece, but
but it's not our main thing. That's not our main thing that we say, hey, sign up for this so you can do this. You can work on your four pillar system. We say, you know what? You signed up for this because you, you have questions about why you keep running into self-destructive habits, why nobody else in your life is really challenging you, why you don't feel like you can find fulfillment or peace with what you already have, or why you're not able to accomplish those goals that you set out to accomplish when you've experienced a lot of accomplishment in the past. But the real foundation, guess what, is you waking up in the morning and having lemon water because that is one of the best things you can do for your liver. And guess what? When you're allowing your body and supporting it in the detoxification process it's already going through, you are going to be supporting you and you're going to be feeling so much better and it'll allow you to do a whole lot more in your life besides just get a perspective shift. You'll actually have the energy to take action on some of these things that you're getting a perspective shift on. Wonderful. You talked about income, impact, and freedom. Uh, For me, I talk about those first two, like the idea of influence and income quite a bit. And the exercise that's been most beneficial to me was when I got clear on my values, because I could always tell you what was important to me growing up. But when I could really specifically nail it down to these four things of faith, relationships, health, and self-development and encouraging people to do their own, like that's like, man, if I live within those values, life is golden. Like I'm happy, I'm fulfilled, I have purpose. Uh, And when I'm not living within those values, uh, it's a totally different story. And for me, that was a good chance for me to get uh, clarity on what really mattered to me. And accountability, before you, you touched on that as well, just the idea of that next level, that last level is accountability. So me getting clear on my values really at the beginning of my day, that's how I, I, what I do. I look at my values. I say, this is how I want to proceed throughout my day. At the end of my day, though, that accountability ability piece comes in there. And I'm able to say, did I do this? Yes or no? And to a further extent, people that know me or people that don't know me, uh, they're able to hold me accountable for whether or not I am living within my values. Um, it took some time. Those were my first four values. And then freedom. Freedom was a value that I realized rounded out my top five. And it's crazy to just uh, think that I got clear on what I what was important to me and, and it mattered. And then as time went on, freedom snuck in there. So I like that trifecta that you've talked about there. On your website, it also talks about one of the headlines is, do you feel stuck wanting more? Right now, this kind of crazy time that we're going through, uh, where many of us uh, have been affected in, in multiple ways, some minor, some major. I believe that there is uh, a tremendous opportunity for people that want to uh, do two things. I kind of believe these are the two characteristics that are going to help people be really successful at the end of this time, which is number one, focus, um, being able to tune into the things that that are aligned with their purpose and tune out the things that aren't, and two, delayed gratification. Um, because in our world of instant, instant, instant. We get what we want all the time. Um, We can't, like we can't go to the movies or we can't travel or we can't do things that we would like to do. Um, Some of us can't even visit our friends and family, right? So what are some of the traits that you think successful people will have shown throughout the end of this time or throughout this time, whenever it ends, what are two, three, one of the successful traits of people that will go on to do something and use this time for good in your opinion? Yeah, I think, uh, number one is, is honesty and honesty is, here's what I mean by honesty, honesty with yourself. Loss breeds 
evaluation. Loss breeds evaluation. When we experience loss in our lives, losing a loved one, losing a relationship, losing money, losing uh, even the feeling that we were hoping for when we get that promotion or bonus and it doesn't mean anything to us anymore. Those are all experiences of loss and it breeds evaluation. It presents an opportunity. Now the problem is, unless you're willing to be honest with yourself, you can't fully make the most of that opportunity for evaluation. And I love what you said in focus and delayed gratification because when you allow that delayed gratification, it allows space for evaluation. So when you're thinking consciously, oh, I don't need to feel great right now. I don't need to do this to, to cope with that or whatever it is. I can actually just, this is an amazing time to just kind of like sit with what is, not try and make anything it isn't. So I can just sit with what is, whatever that looks like for me. Hey, I've been in a job I hate for my, life, for my entire life and it's not too late because I'm not promised tomorrow, but I do have right now. I'm not promised five minutes from now. I do have right now. I do have something right now and I can make a plan to move forward. Okay. That's a job thing. Sure. But the job thing is really a reflection of a lot of other things, right? So it's, it's really kind of looking at your life and seeing what are the signals, right? So changing a job doesn't change you. You have to change you and you have to go through that process of changing you. And there might be a lot more you uncover. I made a video about this the other day called the zigzag. There's a, there's a lot that you'll, you know, I, I say that you'll zig before you zag, right? So things will get worse before they get better oftentimes when you're being honest with yourself in that evaluation phase. And it's very common to see that whether you're doing body transformation and now you look flabby and fatter because you're actually, your body is the process you're in. It, that's what's happening before you get to the more muscular and toned. Or maybe it's even in your mindset and you're like, whoa, I've got all these things that happened in my life, these relationships, these are crazy things, these opinions that I care about so much. And you realize how bad and how much it's dictated, how badly it's influenced you and how much it's dictated. None of that is, is for nothing. So it serves a purpose. And now you have that information and that evaluation is powerful. So that's honesty. The second thing is, is patience. And so it's, it's impatience, which is really to your point of delayed gratification, which is like, hey, I really believe this is a time God's been speaking to me about. This is a time of separation and experimentation, separation and experimentation. So there's a time right now. So like, for example, the business owners out there who've been making money, just riding the wave, like, guess what? If you are not an innovator, if you're not able to adapt, you, you will be separated from the rest right now. And it's the same is true for those who are uh, willing to be patient. If you are willing to be patient and not be reactive to everything that's going on, you will there. I believe that will reward you because not only are there going to be financial opportunities, but there's also going to be personal growth opportunities and opportunities. Here's the real key, right? To serve. And that's all of those things, financial and personal growth are rooted in opportunities to serve. They're rooted in opportunities to serve. But here's the thing. It's really hard to help other people unless you, you know how to work and help yourself, right? So that's why I think that honesty piece is really powerful and really important right now. Uh, I love how you talked about honesty there um, because, yeah, we, we all need to be more honest, but it doesn't mean just telling the truth. 
It means the dialogue that we have with ourselves, the dialogue that we have with others, the, the thoughts that we have, uh, it, it transfers so, so much deeper than just telling the truth as often people just take it as, and that's something that we need to be aware of a little bit more. You also talked about um, the process, like whatever process you're in, just committing to it and moving forward. Um, I always, I'm not a big, like I don't drop a lot of quotes, but I do like James Clear, Atomic Habits. Um, he talks about it's your commitment to uh, the process that will determine your progress. And it's just like, yeah, absolutely. Like how committed to the process are you? Um, how, how willing are you to go deep even when you don't like the answers that you find, at least at first? Um, but that's part of your story. Um, let's segue into something different right now. One of the things that I took away from your podcast was something that I just have to be honest here is not anything that I've really um, um, dealt and wrestled with and faced as a challenge in terms of its anxiety. Um, but you did start off uh, series two, season two with a, a message about anxiety and you discussed the two kind of ideas between worry and anxiety. So what's the difference and, and how can people overcome those? What are a few things people listening could kind of take into um, their next steps after listening to this? Yeah, well, I, and I, I realize we're segueing. There's one thing that stands out to me as far as the process goes, and this relates to anxiety or anything in that realm mm -hmm. as well. And that is, that is, unless you really know what your goal is, unless you believe and have hope for that being possible, the process just sucks and you just don't enjoy it. So I really encourage anybody, whether it's you're wrestling with anxiety, you're trying to change your body, you want to have a new mentality, you, you want to have a new job, a new relationship. You want to see yourself in a different place in five years, 10 years, one month, whatever it is. You got to know what you're aiming for and be open to that changing, but that you're heading in that direction and have some progress markers along the way so you don't feel defeated in the, in the process of things becoming worse before they get better. Um, as it relates to getting worse before they get better, the idea of anxiety, um, it's not something I ever resonated with. So maybe this will help people because I never really was one to say, oh, like I have anxiety. That's not something that I would have associated with, but worry. And here's how it, here's how it expressed itself. Okay. Here's how it maybe manifested itself, which was uh, I was trying to control everything in my life. I was trying to control every outcome in my life. And if you're in that camp, my guess is you're wrestling with some sort of worry or anxiety because anxiety is not worry over the future. It's actually trying to control it. You don't have control over the future. Okay. And there's a lot of other things that are wrapped into this, but there's different, just like we talked about the light switch on off. Anxiety is not on or off. It's much more a light dimmer, like many things in life. And so you can have a lower level anxiety where it's more in the worry category, right? You can have maybe uh, racing thoughts or like you're just going back to this conversation that you had. And here's the thing. If you're not really aware of yourself, self-aware, you're not recognizing, you might not be recognizing how much one thing, we call it triggers, how much one thing is triggering the rest of your life, the rest of your day. Example, I got an email this morning from somebody and my interpretation of that email, my interpretation of that email it, it was, you know, whether it was, you know, of whatever intent and the more that you become vocal in your life or share anything, people have their own views and want to share them, whether you ask mm -hmm. for them or not. But, you know, the, 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 uh, the, my interpreters interpretation of that email, 
is so important there because that will dictate literally how I respond in that email as well as the next phone call, the next interaction I have with my wife, how I'm approaching my energy levels are totally going to be influenced by my interpretation of that email. And whether I choose to allow that to have an impact in my life of somebody sending a message that to me could be interpreted as, hey, you don't really have all the facts here. Why are you sending me a message like that? Right. Or it could be if I approach it with curiosity, I wonder why they sent that message. Right. I wonder why I, I genuinely don't know. So I asked the question. Instead of responding like I knew, I asked the question. So one of the cures for anxiety is curiosity. One of the cures for anxiety is curiosity. And in a practical way, it's looking at your thoughts, realizing I'm not my thoughts. I'm also not their thoughts. I'm not their opinion. And so when I have curiosity about, hey, what are these thoughts going on inside of me? Why did that thing trigger me? Why did that text message trigger me? Why did that this or that or the other? That's one way as a starting point to start managing anxiety. But the other thing about anxiety is we always talk about there's a difference between behavior modification and a change in your nature. And with people we're working with, we work for a change in their nature. Behavior modification is helpful, but you can't get sustainable change in your life by buying kale and getting gym memberships. That's a behavior modification. But reality is, again, back to the motivation. If you're not into it, if you don't really believe those results are possible, we now learn through epigenetics that environment shapes our DNA unlocking. And so if you're literally, if your mindset is not right, it will dictate the rest of your life in that same way. And you'll feel like things are off, even though on paper things are not. And so there's that separation and that causes a lot of anxiety for people. And it's simply because they've come to conclusions or not slowed down in their thought process enough to actually look at what's going on, ask some questions, become more curious and get new answers. The way you get new answers is ask new questions. So curiosity is a starting point, practically also breathing if that makes sense. That's a whole nother yeah. discussion, but that's a physiological change, slowing down your breathing, nasal breathing, slowing it down, spending a few minutes and doing that moves your body from sympathetic tone to parasympathetic tone or fight or flight to rest and digest. And it really does change your, your whole dynamic in your day. Right. And TJ, you don't know this, but on episode two of the 2020 series, um, I sat down with Nash Mackey, um, a Tasmanian Australian uh, performance coach who actually we go into that. Um, so that's pretty cool that you brought that up too. So I'm glad people are going to hear a little bit more if they tune in next week. Um, one thing there in particular that you, you brought up that really resonated with me was the idea of kind of what we're feeling and the thoughts that we have. Um, I really think that this is something I'm learning right now. And I've learned over the past um, year and a half is really the thoughts that we have and the feelings that we have um, can be different than what we actually know to be true. And we just have to choose to identify one of those two sides, right? What do we value more or, or what can we transition and move from not identifying with what we're feeling and what we're thinking if it's um, something that we know is not true. Uh, and that's something that I'm kind of working through and working through with other people as well. Um, and just kind of investigating that a little bit more. And that's a big thing. Do you have anything to say to that whole balance of um, your feelings and what you actually know to be true and kind of being able to identify with one side or the other? Cause it can be hard. Absolutely. I'm not saying it's easy. It can be very hard. Um, for people to do that at different times, you might deal with it a little bit better. Um, but what can people do to really kind of focus on 
the things that they know to be true or, or, or turn away from the things that they're just feeling? Yeah, great question. Two things. One is I'm looking outside right now and I see clouds and it's beautiful, bright and sunny in California. And earlier I mentioned it can be sunny and cloudy at the same time, right? So here's the problem with naive optimism. It's choosing to see the sun and ignoring the clouds that are in the sky. That's just not reality. Right. And you can't move through life ignoring the clouds in the sky because guess what? People will look at you and be like, dude, you're just delusional. Okay. So it's, it's one thing to say it, it's sunny outside. It's another thing to say it's cloudy outside. It's another thing to say, here's the third thing. This is to your point. Yeah, there are clouds in the sky. But if you ask me, it's bright and sunny. Because that's what I choose to give my attention to. That's what I choose to give my energy to. Now, here's the practical example. In your life, you've got different voices in your head. And a lot of people say, I'm my own worst enemy. Well, the reality is you're not because you weren't born that way. You have come into agreement with people's thoughts, views, opinions, their actions, and their words, and whatever they've said or done to you that have shaped you and how you perceive your own self-worth and value. And as a result of all of that, you have come into agreement. And that's the most powerful thing you can understand is agreements. And we talk about that in coaching all the time, is that the agreements that you have in your mind are shaping the world that you live in every single day. And it's when those agreements are broken and remade that you're actually going to start experiencing life from a different state. And so as it relates to this, it's not for me to say, hey, don't look at the clouds, look at the sun, or don't look at the sun, look at the clouds, because a lot of people end up in counseling for six years, was on the phone with somebody the other day, once a week for six years, they've been in counseling, I have no problem with counseling, I'm in counseling, I've been in counseling for years. Here's the problem, though, if you sit in counseling, and you just keep looking at the clouds, and you just keep looking at the clouds and keep looking at the clouds and you're just going to sit there and go, my life sucks. And the reality is, you know what? Life has suffering. Life has rainy days. And the crazy thing is that when you actually experience joy in life, it's not without suffering somewhere else. Absolutely. The two exist together. And this is the principle and it's in the Bible and it talks about how Jesus sat before the cross and he sat before the cross because of the joy set before him, he endured the suffering. And it's this combination and understanding and heart understanding. It's actually like this crazy thing that in suffering, we experience joy. Yeah. And it's this, and I'm not saying, dude, when I, when my dad was dying, I wasn't joyful. That's not what I'm saying. It's hard. But what I am saying is that there's this really powerful you can't get it from anyone else on this earth type of thing that you experience when you go through the restoration of brokenness in your life. Brokenness, if example, being the clouds, the restoration, the sun that comes after the rain. And it's this, you can't explain it experience. So what I would say to people is learn how to appreciate both for what they are. Don't sit in one too long so that you go delusional. Right. That restoration. Uh, I like what you said there about restoration. Um, part of that restoration is moving past those experiences and the opinions of other people um, that have really shaped the stories that you tell yourself. And for me, um, understanding 
the stories that I tell myself, understanding uh, what those are holding me back from, understanding what I need to do to change those is something that's been extremely powerful for me as well. So um, we've jumped into a lot here. There's so much good stuff. We're not done yet. Uh, I have one kind of final question that I always build up to TJ. Um, I always ask it at the end of the podcast episodes here, the end of the interviews I do. Um, so what is your definition of a great life? That's a great question. That is a great question. I'm going to pause for a second while I think about the, the definition of a great life. Take your time. It, it's something that um, anytime I, I sit down with people, um, whether it is in this interview session uh, or format like this, whether it's just somebody that I've got a few minutes with, um, or eventually sometimes I even throw it at my high school kids, at my high school students, um, because yes, I'm a chemistry teacher, grade 11, 12 chemistry. I, I talk about that all the time. I love that. I geek out about it. But the stuff that I'm doing here is really exciting for me as well, because you get to go deeper than um, just like a subject knowledge. You get to really make impact. Uh, you really get to challenge people. Um, and the reason I do what I do is because, like I said before at the beginning, just the idea of contentment and going through the motions. Um, there definitely were, were great mentors in my life, um, but there are times as well where I look and I'm just like, oh man, like if somebody had pushed me in this moment, and it's not their responsibility to do, it's my responsibility. If somebody had pushed me in this moment to really think about Matt, what do you want to do with your life? What is your definition of a great life? And how are you going to live that out? Um, that's something that I wonder how it would have affected my trajectory, but I don't wonder too much because I got here, right? And maybe I wouldn't be here in the place that I am if I didn't live the experiences and the stories um, that I've gone through. And that's something as good as some of them are and as challenging as some of them are, um, it's just being present and I'm thankful for them. And it comes from a place of gratitude. So I love hearing people's answers to this question because sometimes people can just, um, run it off. And it's something that after they say it, I, I really challenge them with it again. And there's no right or wrong. Like it's nothing that I can judge what people view as a great life. Um, but it, it opens up a lot of doors when I get to sit down with people either in person um, or digitally and sharing it on a podcast like this. Yeah, I know. It's an amazing question. The, the two things that come to my mind and I, I wanted to pause and just think about them because I wanted to, to kind of go through, you know, okay, that really what I feel. And, uh, and I would say it's this, it's so, you know, I once heard godly contentment is great gain, but it's not enough to be satisfied. And I think the way that I kind of approach my life now, which is much different than in the past is I was always striving and grasping at air uh, because I never had contentment because I'd always use it as complacent. And I think today, those are two very different words, by the way, content and Absolutely. complacent. And today I'd say a great life is one that's lived at peace, but not satisfied. Mm, that's great. I love what you said there. And that whole idea of contentment versus complacent. Um, yeah, that's something that a lot of people get confused, even in the words that we say. Uh, we often mix the two up. That's something that I can speak from experience. Uh, I'm saying, what is it actually? So when do I say that? That's actually a good reminder for me now that uh, when I say I was content or I was complacent, 
um, was I really one of those two and really which one was it in particular? So um, right now, I just want to give the chance to uh, tell listeners, tell people um, listening or watching this where they can connect with you. So where's the best spot for people to kind of connect with you, learn more from yourself? Yeah, no, I appreciate that, Matt. Um, I just <clears throat> want to also mention that it's awesome to see you doing what you're doing. And I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity to even be a part of it. So thank you for having me. Um, if, people, if people do want to connect, they can connect on Instagram as a place that I am often on LinkedIn, on uh, my Facebook page, which I'm less often, uh, but depending on the platform you use on Apple Podcasts or any podcast network that you use, or even on my website, all of them are TJ Luffler, L-O-E, F as in Frank, F as in Frank, L-E-R, TJ Luffler, all one word. That's my handle across all platforms, even the website. Um, so you can come find out a little bit more about what we do if you're interested. But honestly, just appreciate you having me here. And um, yeah, it's just awesome to be uh, with like-minded people who are, who are doing their thing and chasing their dreams. Appreciate that. And I'm definitely going to put a, a recommended plug that people should go in and listen to both season one and season two of your podcast. Uh, it's something that I know for sure people are going to get tons of value out of it. So our guest today is TJ Loeffler, an American speaker, coach, and advisor who will, as we've discussed in this episode, help you get more out of life by doing less than you think. I love that tagline. Remember, this is the 202020 series where I interview 20 world leaders and game changers in the year 2020 and share them here with you on the Greatness Everyday Podcast. A new episode is released every Monday. This is the first one, so it starts now. Be sure to listen to the rest of the series on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, and more. Everyone, appreciate you listening. And TJ, thanks for being here. We'll see everybody next Monday with a new episode.